Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today I'm going to be just sharing a little bit out of a, a few of my favorite verses. Um, and these are verses that um, some of them come quickly to me. Some of them, at least I, I know vaguely, or I will, I, I will quote them from time to time. Sometimes I'll mix up the wording. And, uh, and, and which one comes first. But uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing about, in, in Psalm 23, we talked about, I looked at verse 4, where it talks about leaning on God's strength and, um, and taking his staff. His staff would comfort us. His staff would give us strength. And, and, and then last week, I looked at... Um, how it was said of Paul that he he fulfilled the purposes of God in his lifetime and then he died. And 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 tying those two things together, we we think about, well, what does it mean to truly live? Live out the purposes of God, live in God's strength. And I just wanted to follow up a little bit with um a very famous uh um encouragement that the apostle Paul uh, gave to the church at Philippi in first century Rome. He said not that I was ever in need, for I learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's probably the verse I've remembered the most over the years is, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And in the context of that, though, Paul is, is speaking to the church and he says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Um, I've learned to live. I've learned to live in a way where I, I can have everything or I can have nothing. Most of us, though, are, are taught that the best way to live is with everything. When we have more of those things, then it's easier to live. And, and yet, Paul says, it seems like he's stressing uh, more what he has to do with living with nothing than it has to do with living with everything. This, this, though he does mention, I've learned how to live with everything, it seems like he's stressing, I've learned how to live with nothing. And, and when someone says, I can, I've learned the secret to living with nothing, what, they're, what I believe he's saying here and what I see in Scripture and consistent with Scripture is he's saying, I've learned the meaning to being content. And, and he says, I've learned this. For I've learned how to become content. The secret to living and leaning on God's strength, the, the secret to, uh, to serving out the purposes of God in our lifetime, this is not an easy, this is not an easy endeavor. This is not an easy search. It, it's, it's so much easier to, to wake up and do nothing and, and just try to fulfill whatever it is that we want. But the secret to truly living and following Christ, he says, I've learned to be content wrestling with this idea that I'm okay with nothing. If I get everything, great. But I'm okay with nothing. 
Um, that's not the message we hear in our society. We hear more about everything than nothing. And the writer of Hebrews says this, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The secret to learning to be content, at least how I, how I see it here in Scripture, and, and, and going all the way back to Psalm 23 um, and, and verse 4, is the way we can be content with nothing or everything is truly to realize that Christ is everything, that, that God's never going to leave us. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Um, don't get tied up into these things um, the love of money. Be content with what you have. Um, how do you do that? How do you do that when, when maybe bills start p- piling up? How do you do that when, when maybe when you find that, that one month's check doesn't help you, you don't have enough to, to cover all the expenses? Well, sometimes that is an indicator when you, when you have too many expenses, right? And, and not enough to cover it. Sometimes it's a reality of the world we live in where, where we're, seeing, we're seeing a lot of inflation. I think gas has leveled off a little bit. It's gone down. To, but it's also climbed a lot. <coughs> and, and so our checks, our paychecks, don't go as far as they used to. So it's not necessarily that we've... We, we haven't understood contentment or we're going after more and more and more. Sometimes it's just the reality of, of, um, of broken down things or uh, repairs or just sometimes the, the, what we make doesn't cover all of our needs. And so how do you deal with that? How do you deal when you have nothing or everything? And, and the scripture just says, I'm never going to leave you. I see everything that you go through. I will never forsake you, but just, don't get so caught up with money. Don't get so caught up. Be live a life free from the love of money. It doesn't say you can't. You you can't. You don't need money. You don't have to pay for things. Just don't love it. Don't make that your source of contentment. If I have more of that, then I'm going to be content. Um, Contentment should be in the fact that God is with us, and He's never going to leave us, and He's never going to forsake us. Paul says, "I've learned to 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 live with a, with a, with everything or nothing." And he stresses and he specifies nothing. Would we be content if we had nothing? Would we um, would we be able to live out the purposes of God? Would we would we have a joy if we had less? Or do we think that joy is in having more? Now, I'm not saying that there's not a message and a teaching and, and something for another day that, that looks at how, how God blesses us. Because I do believe God blesses us. But contentment is when he chooses not to, and we can still say, yet in you I serve, in you I believe, in you I put my hope. Because you've promised to never leave me. My source of contentment and hope is the fact that God is with me. And that's what I believe that uh, Philippians is saying and Hebrews is also saying. Let's go back to that verse. It says, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. 
I now know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little. Paul says, contentment must be learned. But he also says this, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. Uh, it's, it's, this is something he's learned, and what he's saying is, is context matters. Um, it, it has more to do with nothing than it has to do with everything. It also has more to do with recognizing that every situation matters. Let's go back and read that. It says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. And, and In other words, there are some situations that we are going to experience in our lives that we look at and we can say from our perspective, that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel comfortable. And yet Paul says, I've learned that every one of those situations has a purpose. Um, every one of those has a context. Uh, I told you I was going to give you a few verses that are that are very common verses that I've I've grown up with. So I said, "For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength." I, I said, I, I quoted from Hebrews, also from Hebrews thirteen, that he says, "I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you." Well, here's one that really draws into the idea of context. He says, Paul writes to the church at Rome, and he says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. All things, all situations, everything happens, everything happens for those who love God. And and, and it's all going to work out for good because we've been called according to his purpose. So going back to last week, hopefully you caught last week's message um, reflecting on Acts chapter 13, verse 36, that David served the purposes of God in his lifetime and he died. Well, the scripture says that Every situation that we go through, it, God can use that for his purpose. Let's read it again. And we know that for those who love God, all things, all situations, work for good for those who are called according to his purpose, all of them. But when you and I go through a situation, do we say what Paul said? I've, I've learned the secret to living in every situation. See, every situation is an opportunity. I think we think of the big situations as opportunities for God. Uh, maybe you, you think being a Christian is, um, is doing something good for someone. Maybe you think being uh, the best kind of Christian is, is maybe not losing your temper. Maybe you think the best kind of Christian is when I mean, maybe once uh, you you have a friendship with someone, you get to tell them who Jesus is. And, and, and I think how we live and how we speak of Christ, it's, it's important. The, but Paul says, I've learned that every situation. Now, in the course of a day, we're going to have a lot of situations. Today, you've had and experienced a lot of different situations. But I think the bigger question is, have we recognized that every situation, God is up to something? And I don't think I always do. I don't always think that that in the fabric of every part of my day, he's up to something moving, um, moving the pieces around for my good and for his namesake. Paul says, I've learned the secret to living. The secret is living is to be content with what I have, whether I have a lot or in 
do I have little, nothing, little to nothing. I've learned to be content. But he also says, I've learned the secret to living is recognizing that every situation, God is in it. God is doing something. He's connecting the pieces. And I try to understand the context of what he says. And we know that for those who love God, I do believe that's a, that's a, that's a prerequisite. Because some people will say, oh, it's just meant to be. Okay. Well, it was meant to be for us to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So Paul says, in it, and, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. We don't always know that all things work together for good if you don't love God, but we do know that part. And for those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, every situation that you'll face today, that you face that you'll face tomorrow, this upcoming week, is an opportunity uh, for God to be at work and for you to look around. Paul says, I've learned the secret to living. Be content. Also look around at my context. What's happening? Where could God be at work and I could join him? I could fulfill the purposes he has for my life in that situation. Whether it's an emotion, whether it's a response to someone, whether it's a word that I say. He said, I've learned that every situation plays out for God. Let's, let's go back and read the, the starting verse that I did. That it was Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Um, he says, I've learned to live the secret and live it in every situation, whether it was a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. And in verse 13, this is probably the one that we've memorized the most over the years as a church, as Christians, as, as people go to church, uh, like Sunday school, BBS. He says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Um, we can lean on God in his strength. I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Um, we can fulfill his purposes, and, and sometimes uh, we don't even know all what that is, but, um, but God is the one who gives us strength to do those things. As, as, uh, uh, as David tackled Goliath, and maybe our lives aren't tackling giants every day, but he says, I can give you strength, through Christ, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I've I've heard this, and I said this a minute a minute ago that um, that we 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 sometimes lean on this idea when bad things happen. We say, "I believe everything happens for a reason." Usually, you hear that when something bad has happened, and I do want to go back to that phrase. Some things phrases pop up into our into the social fabric, into our common language, and we say them, and we don't necessarily know what they mean, or maybe we do know what they mean, and uh, and we say it because it's the right place to put them, but. Most of the time, people says, well, I believe everything happens for a reason. It's always in the context of something bad happening. And it's the, it's the way we use to justify or at least to help us cope with something. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. Now, before you, 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 you blanketly hit stop, pause, stop listening to this, hear me out. Not everything happens for a reason. But I do believe that everything happens for Christ. And you think, well, isn't Christ? Yeah, Christ is the reason for everything. But, but we can't just blanketly say, no, everything happens for a reason. No, some things happen because we do bad things. Some things happen, um, as we read last week, that Saul was stripped of his power and it was given to David. There are consequences. And uh, now, can God turn all things around and redeem things? Yes, we know what he did through Christ. But... But Paul says here, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Uh, 
everything doesn't happen so that that you and I can be built up and, and we can say, oh, I got through that, I'm strong. No, everything happens so that we can point back to the one who gave us strength in the first place. Everything doesn't happen for a reason. Everything happens for Jesus. Everything that happens to us. And, and, and I want to finish up with another very famous verse that you, you, you might know. And whatever you do or say, do, as a, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Paul says, whatever you do, do it so Jesus gets glory. So if you're living with nothing, give the glory to Jesus. As Paul says, I've learned the secret to living, contentment. I'm okay with nothing. If I have everything, great. If my stomach is empty, I'm fine with that. I've learned to be content. I, I, I've learned context. I've learned to look around that, I, that all of these situations are for a reason. Uh, and maybe I'm contradicting myself, but what he goes on to say is that reason is Jesus. Not the, it's not happening just so, so I can be built up. It's so that God can be glorified. Remember, Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do or say, you're doing it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. And so Paul says, give thanks to God that you got to go through that for him, for Christ to be glorified. It starts by, and how do, how do we get to that place? Well, I think it starts by remembering the last time he mattered more to us than everything else. When, when everything else starts to matter a lot, then we lose contentment, we lose context, and we definitely lose glorifying him. And so how do we get back to that? Well, if you've never been to that, I think it, it starts by just dropping to your knees and saying, God, forgive me. I want you to be first. For those of us who maybe have made a decision to follow Christ, been following Christ, we're Christ, long lifetime followers of Christ, um, I think it starts by just remembering when was the last time that that I really wanted that everything that I said and did would, would be for His glory. Everything He mattered first, putting Him first again. Uh, in that very first passage we read in, in Philippians chapter 4, He says everything has to do with Christ. Jesus is first in my life. Contentment can only be learned if he's first. Context, seeing Jesus at work in every situation, can only happen if he is first and, and if we start our day putting him first. Christ must be first. Paul figured out the secret. It had to do with contentment. It had to do with context. But all of those in the framework of it has to be around and for the glory of Christ. Let's pray. God, I, I don't, don't claim to say I've learned the secret to living as Paul has. But I thank you for the reminders today. Help us to be content with little, to be grateful with, for much. But I do pray that everything that we do and say would be for your glory. Would you use us this upcoming week to glorify you? Would you show us the secret to living out the life that you've called us to live? For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in our summer edition and also on our online version. Just wanted to let you know that 
that there are services in San Antonio. If you don't have a church home and you're living in and around the South Texas area, we have a service at 11 o'clock in San Antonio. We also have a campus in New Braunfels that, um, that starts at 1030, and then we have our Spanish service that starts at 1230 and would love to, to meet with you in person. Hope you have a great week. God bless you. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.